Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We are in the last week of our sermon series that we've been calling Love Displayed. And I know I've been repeating it every week. Um, the reason we're doing this is I, I remember sitting down and kind of thinking through some of my favorite songs and um, I noticed that a lot of the favorite songs, my favorite songs, were songs that focused on me. You know, it focused on, on how much God loved me. And I think we all know that God loves us. That's why we're here. But sometimes we run into the problem that even though God loves us, we have a, a difficult or more difficult time understanding how we are supposed to love God. Man, what does that look like? I know God loves me. I know God gave uh, Jesus for me. I know that God, uh, every morning I wake up, he gives me a new breath, a new life. I know that he surrounded me with people I love uh, most of the time. But what does it look like when I love God? So that's what we've been talking about the past few weeks and uh, week one, if you remember, we talked about our obedience. That Jesus said, which that's the, that's the verse that's right there, John chapter 14, verse 15, that if you love me, you will keep my commands. So that when you and I truly love God, when you and I truly love Jesus, we read his word, we read this book, we read not just any book. It's a, it's a book that we believe is the Word of God. We believe that words of life, words of impact, words of change, words that will transform us are written in this. When we read this and we begin to see certain things, the Word of God says that when we're in His Word, that it's like us looking at a mirror. And we look at the mirror and for most of us, if you see something that's not right on your face or in front of you, then you change it. If your hair is not fixed. I mean, I spend a lot of time in the mornings in my hair, you know, because I got to have every strand in the right place. Okay? And we look at ourselves and we, we change the things that we don't like if we can change it. And we make sure that we're clean. We make sure that we don't have any sleep in our eyes. We make sure that we brush our teeth. We make sure there's nothing in between our teeth. And, and we make sure when we look in, uh, in the mirror that everything looks okay. And the Word of God says that when you spend time in it, that when you read His Word, that when you spend time understanding, it's like looking at a mirror, because you begin to see, oh, I'm not doing that. that sometimes we'll go, well, yeah, I don't know. That's in the Old Testament. Maybe that's something I don't need to do anymore. But we begin to realize, okay, there's some things I need to work on. 
And Jesus said that if you love me, you will keep my commands. You will keep my commands. Week two, we talked about being centered on God, that God is not just an item, another item that we put on our to-do list. Okay, it's a, it's a great endeavor. It's almost even noble to say that God is number one on my priority list. But the reality is that God should transcend our priority list. That God should be greater than our priority list. And that actually our priority list, our to-do list, our tasks that we, are, we have to accomplish every day should actually revolve around Jesus. Not Jesus just being another tick mark that we need or checkbox that we need to check off. That's not where we need to relegate Jesus to. He should be the center of everything. Last week we talked about that if we love God, so week one, love God, we obey him. If we love God, we're going to center our lives on him. And last week we talked about that if we love God, we will love people. You guys are kind of scattered, but turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I love you. Oh. <laughs> turn. Yes, that if we love God, we will love people. And we kind of talked about what was going on in Charlottesville, that it's, it, it's very, very um, disturbing to me that when people use God's word to incite hate, to incite feelings of, of supremacy over somebody else, when the word of God says very clearly and very simply that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all the same. We all need a savior. And we're all undeserving of his salvation, but... He freely gives. And of what he's freely given to us, we should also. Uh, what we freely receive, we should freely give. So we need to love. So if we, we're going to love God, we're going to obey him. We're going to center our life on him. If we're going to love God, we're going to love people. And today, we're going to talk from the, we're going to speak from the subject of essential stories. Essential stories. We all love stories. We do. We all like a good movie, right? We get excited when a certain movie's gonna come out because you just know that trailer, that trailer, man, it looks like it's gonna be good. It looks like it's gonna be awesome. There's gonna be some action and there's gonna be a love story and there's gonna be some tension and then that tension is gonna get resolved at the end and it's so good that we'll even sit through all the credits to make sure we don't miss something at the end. We love hearing stories. We, we're captivated by stories. We're, we're uh, almost put into some sort of trance when we're listening or watching or hearing a good story. And I want to tell you today that in this room right now, there are some amazing stories that are sitting in these chairs. There are some amazing stories of what God has done in your life, what God has done in your neighbor's life, what God has done in my life. Tell your neighbor, you've got a story. Come on, there's not a lot of people today here, so I'm going to have some fun, okay? 
I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to have you maybe punch your neighbor in a little bit, all right? So get ready. Get ready, all right? There are some good stories. There are some good stories. But the problem is that many times we don't believe that we have a good story to tell. But today I want to tell you that if we love God, we're obeying his commands, we're centered on him, we're loving others, but also if we love God, we will tell other people about God. Okay? That means that when you and I are going to talk to somebody else about God, we cannot exempt ourselves from telling our story to somebody else. Because God has done something amazing in our lives. Church, your story is an essential story. Your story is an important story. Your story, the only one that can tell your story is you. The only one that's lived through your story is you. The only one that has suffered through your story is you. The only one that's been touched by grace, by your story, is you. So the only one truly qualified to tell your story is you. And your story is very important. If you're here today, you have a story to tell. And if we love God, we will tell others about God. There's a story, speaking of stories, in John chapter 4. About a Samaritan woman and Jesus. We're going to read a few verses, but I'm going to kind of summarize to get to the point where we're at, okay, in, in, the, in the verses that we're going to read. We're going to go to John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 28. But before we get to verse 28, a couple things have happened. Jesus comes to a well in Samaria. Jesus was a Jew. And the Jewish people did not have anything to do with Samaritan people. So Jesus comes to a well, he's walking straight through Samaria, a place where Jewish people, where these people, they just would not go. They would actually, it was in the, on their way to get to, to Jerusalem, and instead of going through Samaria, they would rather circle all the way around so they wouldn't have to deal with any Samaritan people. So Jesus did not circle. He went right through the middle. And he comes to a well in Samaria. He sits down. And as he's sitting down, resting his legs, he, there's a woman that comes up to the well. And when the woman comes to the well to draw some water, Jesus speaks to her and, and actually asks her a question. And she, he asks her, will you give me some water? Now the woman is taken aback. She's surprised because... Jewish men do not talk to Samaritans, much less to Samaritan women. And this sparks a whole conversation. And she begins to perceive that Jesus is a little bit different. But she begins to talk like she really reads the Bible, that she really understands what the Bible has to say. How many of us are like that sometimes? That we start talking to somebody, and yet we like to, to make 
Our lives seem like we got it all together. Like no one needs to know my, my junk. No one needs to know my stuff because I, I got to keep up an appearance. And this woman is having this conversation with Jesus that, yeah, you, you Jewish people worship in the, here and we worship here. And they say that this and that. And she begins to have this theological discussion with Jesus. And Jesus uh, is talking to her. And then finally Jesus says, hey, let's cut, let's cut to the chase. And tells her, hey, why don't you go get your husband? The woman says, well, I have no husband. And Jesus tells her, you're right. In fact, you've had five husbands. And the man that you're with now is not your husband. So the woman begins to realize, okay, wow, this guy really is something different. And she says to Jesus, sir, I, I perceive I'm, I'm getting the vibe that you're a prophet. And then we pick it up in, in verse 28. Then leaving her water jar... The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. See, in this conversation that this woman had with Jesus... She began to perceive that things were different. She began to perceive Jesus was not just any other man. And, and, and in the conversation, Jesus said, or the woman said, that we know we are waiting on the Messiah. And when the Messiah comes, he will restore all things. And Jesus tells her, I am the Messiah. So this woman recognizes God in the midst of her. She runs to the town, tells everybody, hey, come meet this man. Come meet this guy that I saw at the well. Could it possibly be that he is the Messiah? Could it be that he's telling, uh, he's being honest with me that he is the Messiah? She recognized Jesus. She recognized that there was something about Jesus. And I want you to know, guys, that our love for God will move us to tell others about God. When we love, we declare. Praise the Lord, everybody. When we love, we declare. When I loved my wife, I declared to her, I love you. She didn't remember the next day that I told her I love her. She played it off, but I knew she knew. Right, guys? When you love the person, your wife, that you, the, the, or your, your, your future spouse, you're pursuing, there comes that point that you realize, you know what? I am in love with this person, and I have to declare my love. And then it goes beyond that. You begin carrying a picture of her with you. You begin uh, telling others about this great person that you've met, and, and you're wondering, could it be that this is the one? Could it be that he or she is the one? Because when we love, we let others know. We declare our love. 
Right? Our spouse, we love, we will tell people about our spouse. Our spouse, We tell people about our children, how great they are, and all their great accomplishments. And sometimes people kind of drive us uh, a little crazy or, you know, make us a little bit sick about, oh, here comes another story about their kid. And, and, and we love to tell others about the things we love, whether it's your favorite sports team, whether it's the new car you got, Whatever it may be, we tell others about it. But sometimes we don't tell our stories. We don't tell what God has done in our lives because we don't feel that there's anything special about us. Or we don't feel like we have something to share. What do you think? What do you think when I tell you, when somebody would ask you, hey, tell me your story? Do you go into biography mode? Well, I was born, I was born in 1992, and I was born in the city of Dallas, my parents come from so-and-so, and we've lived here for, is that what you think when you tell your story? Maybe you talk about what you did that week, maybe you talk about your hometown, where you're from, uh, but our, our story is more than just a biography, Our story is much bigger. Our story is a story about what God has been doing in our lives. The failures, the struggles, the hopes, and the dreams. Am I the only one that's ever struggled in his life? How many have struggled? Let's have an honesty check right now. Have you struggled? Yes. Everyone struggled. Put your hands down. How many have failed before? We've all failed. Put your hands down. How many have a hope for the future? I have a hope. How many have dreams? We have a story to tell, church. God has done some amazing things in our lives. The moments and the times that I've struggled, the moments that I have felt as like a failure, the moments where I thought it's time to give it up, it's time to, I can't take another step. God has pulled me out of that hole. God has pulled me out of that depression. God has pulled me out of that sinking time in my life and has brought me to a new level that now I can look back and say, if it had not been for the grace of God, where would I be? I'd still be in a hole. I'd still be in depression. I would still be lost in my sin. But God came into my life. And now I have a story to tell. Telling your story is beautiful. It's a discipline that we as Christians should practice. That we as believers of God should be ready to give an account of what God has done in our lives. And I just want to share with you a few things that happen when you and I are willing to share our story honestly, okay? When I'm talking about our story, I'm talking about our real story. I'm not just talking about our Instagram story. I'm not just talking about our Facebook feed. I'm talking about the real, the raw, the ugly, the good also. But I'm also talking about the bad. When we share our story, we need to be honest. We need to be vulnerable. We need to open up ourselves so that the grace of God can shine through us. 
One of the things that happens when you and I share a story is that it strengthens others. You need to tell your story because it communicates how the gospel, how Jesus has changed your life. See, the Apostle Paul, as we read through the different uh, letters that he wrote to the churches, Paul was not shy in sharing his story with others. Whether it was his background as a Pharisee, whether it was that I got beat by unbelievers before sharing my story, whatever it was, Paul was quick to share his story, whether it was a good story as far as things that were happening that were positive or whether it was a bad story and that things that were negative that were happening in his life. He was quick to share because he knew that when he shared his story, those that were reading the letter, those that that letter was shared with, he knew that whoever was aware of his story would be strengthened by his story. We share our stories not to be heard, but we share our stories to glorify God. And when we glorify God through our lives, other people around us are strengthened. When we share our story, it encourages others to do the same. Have you ever heard someone telling your sto- their story to you and then you're like, I want to jump in and tell my story too? Don't you hate it when like, especially when you get up and get into a, a one-up competition? Well, I got even something better to tell you. Let me tell you about the fish I caught. Let me tell you about my car. Let me tell you about what I did. That's it. When we tell our stories, it encourages others to open up. When we're honest, when we're vulnerable, it gives people the courage to, you know what, I need to share my story also. People will share their darkest Secrets, their darkest places where they've been, how they've lived, when you and I can be vulnerable to them also. Most people, when you talk to them, they don't want to hear about all the good stuff in your life. They want to know about the real things, man. You see that I'm struggling. What have you struggled with? All I see is that you come up to the church and you preach and and you drive a nice vehicle and that you're doing this and you're doing that. I know God's blessed you, but you know what? That's just one side of my story. The other side of my story is that, that I've struggled with insecurities all my life. I've had doubts about the things that I can do all my life. I've struggled with losing my brother at one time and not knowing how to move forward. I've struggled in my marriage at times, and we, 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 we didn't know what to do going forward. But I, I can tell you this one thing. In every struggle that I've gone through, God has been with me the whole way. But when we just share the good stuff, people aren't going to open up to us. We need to share even those dark places in our... It comes down to this. We got to be real. Okay? We got to be authentic. There are some people. Are we recording? I may have to cut this part out. There are some people that you look at them. There's a comedian, 
And he says that they're just oversaved. And they're just telling you about all this great stuff in their life. And you're just looking at, man, I just want to punch you in the nose right now. Why doesn't God do that for me? Well, that's awesome that you got a check, but why does God not send me a check out of nowhere? Well, that's awesome that God healed you, but why did God not heal my brother? But when we start hearing about the heartbreak in people's lives, but yet we see what God is still doing, even through the heartbreak, that inspires us, that lifts us up. It raises us to believe and to know and to build our faith that God is with us despite the darkness that we may be walking through. Despite, yeah, we read in the Bible, yes, that that I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I will fear no evil. But but man, Lord, I'm kind of scared right now. Then a brother and a sister, they come up to you and say, you know what, brother? I've been through that, and it was rough, and you know what? This is what I had to do, and I'm going to tell you some days I thought I just wasn't going to make it. It encourages when you tell your story, and you're honest, and you're real, you're authentic. It encourages others to do the same thing, and it lifts them and inspires them that, you know what? I, too, can get to where you are. Another thing that happens when you when you share your story, is that it guards against assumptions. How many of you ever felt that you've been misunderstood? I've been misunderstood. But the thing is that people misunderstand us because we haven't communicated who we are. We don't know We don't know the background or they don't know our background. They don't know what we've lived through. And if you've ever been misunderstood, you know that that feeling of, I need to explain myself. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I need to explain myself so that there aren't any wrong assumptions. And when we give our story to others, they'll understand. Okay, now I know why his faith is so strong. Now I know why God has him in the place that he's at. Now I know why she can sing with such liberty. Now I know why he can raise his hands when he worships because God is truly, man, thank God I don't have his story or her story. I would even go as far to that person that you don't like very much. Yeah, that one that came to your head. Ask them, what's your story? What's the deal? Well, not don't, not, like, not, don't be too aggressive, but what's your story? Hey, I want to know. Because sometimes we misunderstand people yes. because we don't know the full story. Yes. When we tell our story, it causes us to worship. I was, as I was preparing for this message, I knew I was going to be talking about our stories, and I was thinking back to my story, and I was thinking, okay, if I was to write a biography about my life, and I was about, and if I was going to write about 
where God has done in my life. And, and I, I began to type up some stuff and, and just kind of going back through my childhood, uh, I began to realize, man, man, Lord, I've lived through some stuff. Sometimes we forget the difficult things we've lived through, but when we sit down and we share our story with someone, we begin to realize, wow, I had forgotten about this, but that was a difficult time in my life, but now I've moved past that. Yeah, you know, I used to have this, but, and it was hard. I was maybe going through a moment of depression. I was going through some moments where I, I thought nobody loved me. I was, ex- I was not accepted. I was rejected. But God has brought me to a new place. And let me tell you that now that God has brought me here, and we begin to worship God internally, where it begins to express itself, ex- express itself externally because we realize God has been good. Because yes. many times we say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good, but we really don't think about what that means. Yes. And it causes you to worship when you tell your story. Sometimes I'm not even aware of what God is doing in my life until... Someone asked me, hey, so how's it going? Well, you know, it's been a bit challenging and this and that, but thank God we're here. And you begin to realize, yeah, you know, I've been challenged the past few weeks. I've been challenged the past few months. And God is working in my life. And I should be worshiping. I should be raising my hands. Likewise, when you know your brother's story or your sister's story, it causes you to be grateful. Wow, God did that for you. Praise God. Have you never heard a testimony? And they say, you know what? My my sister or my mother-in-law or somebody had cancer, but when they went to the doctor last week and praise God, we got the report that there is no cancer in their life. And what do we say? Well, praise God. Telling our stories brings us to worship, and it causes us to worship. Yes. Telling our story also brings other people to Christ. Your story is a bridge. You can tell somebody, let me tell you my story. I didn't always believe these things. Uh, Here's what I used to believe, and now this is what I believe. Here's how I used to live. Now this is the way I live. And this is the way I used, this is what used to be my mindset. But God changed me because of this or because of that. See, people can argue with a sermon all day long. I can preach an expository message out of the Bible and I can go verse by verse and explain it, interpret it, and people can argue with me about this particular verse or this particular passage. But you know what people can't argue with me about? They can't argue with me about my story. Because I lived my story. I know what God has done. I have first hand knowledge. I have knowledge that you don't have about my life. People can't argue with your story. They'll be like, oh, wow. 
That's interesting. That really happened? And, and you begin to use your story as, as a bridge to bring people from a place of disbelief to the middle of the bridge where, okay, I can now see maybe there is something in what you're saying to all the way across the bridge from where they used to be in disbelief but now there is a faith that is growing in their hearts, a faith that is growing in their lives because you know what, I'm going through the same thing you were going through and you're telling me now that you have hope, you're telling me now that you can have a dream, you're telling me now that things you can see now that the clouds are gone because you used to be how I am but God did something for you. You know what, I don't believe in God but now I'm seeing what he's doing in your life and I can't help but to think that yes, there is a God. Because what you're telling me is not natural. Because I've been stuck in this place for such a long time. I've given up. I've come to a point that this is all there is in life. But now you're telling me that there is a God that loves you. And that he loves me too? You're telling me that Jesus did a miracle in your life and, and that he can do it for me too? Our stories can be a bridge to bring people to God. Telling your story is powerful, church. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it inside. When you tell your story, don't glorify things. Don't exaggerate things. Because, again, those are the people you want to punch sometimes. Just tell the honest truth. Not the exaggerated truth. Whether you think it's special or not, God did it in your life. Whether you believe it's impactful to somebody, it was impactful to you. Whether you believe that that person is going to grow in faith or not, you be faithful and you show your love for God by sharing with others what God has done for you. Tell the truth. Don't bow, don't don't come to a point. Come to a point where you're. Exaggerating things. You know, well, well, I was stuck in depression for 30 years and you're only 27 years old, you know. And I had stage five cancer when you had like a little mold that was skin cancer and they burned it off or they took it off and you're good now. Let's not exaggerate things. Be honest, be truthful. And don't boast about what you gave up for God, but boast about what God has given you. Yeah, you know, God's removed my guilt. I used to feel like a bad father. I used to feel like an awful mom because this or that. And, and now God's brought me to a place and I see that God is working in my life. God is working in my family's life. And, and I feel released. I feel free. And I'm free of guilt. 
God has released me from judgment. I always would feel judged. I would always feel like people were looking at me and judging me and staring me down and saying, you, you're just not worth it. You're just not this and that. But God's love invaded my life. And now I don't care what people think about me because I know I'm loved by the only one that truly matters. God. God's given me heaven. Now I'm assured of what my eternal destination is. I grew up in church. We, I, most of us, I think, kind of grew up in church. And, and we've all heard, right? And sometimes we don't, as churches, um, even some of the traditional churches, we don't talk too much about this. But there is a heaven and a hell. And... The reality is that when we come to God, that we trade our eternal destination from eternal condemnation to eternal life. We are no longer assigned to hell. That now we have an eternal hope that even though my life may be cut short on this earth because I have no idea when my time is going to come, I know where I will end up when God calls me. You boast not about what you've given up. You boast about what God has given you. Remember, church, it's not about you. When you tell your stories, it's not to glorify you. It's not to lift you up. It's not to to make you look good. It's not to make other people think better of you. It's not for any of that. It's to lift the name of Jesus up on high. That is why we tell our story. If you tell your story, you can be like the Samaritan woman. In verse 39, the story continues that, and it says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. He brought me from death to life. He healed my mom. He healed my son. He gave me joy. He took my fear away. Many came to believe in him because of her testimony. Verse 40, so when Samaritans came to him, they urged Jesus to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves then we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Church, your story is essential 
to God's kingdom. What God is doing in your life is important, not just to you, but it's important to your neighbor. It's important to your coworker. Don't keep it in. Don't keep it to yourself. Be ready at every opportunity to tell others about the goodness of God in your life. Because God has been good to me. And right now, I'm going through some stuff. I, I can't stand up here and tell you everything's good in my life. There, I have struggles. I continue to battle insecurities. I continue to battle through doubts that I have. But what I can tell you is that I know God's been faithful to me my whole 39 years. And those moments, those moments that I felt like I can't continue, I want to give up. This is not for me. I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. I don't know why this is happening in my life. I don't know why this is such a difficult moment that is happening right now. I don't understand it. But I do know that each time I've gone through those seasons in my life, God brings people to my life. And his Holy Spirit begins to work in me and say, you know what, son, I'm still with you. And whether it's my wife that speaks encouragement into my life or whether it's God that brings somebody else into my life, it's because of their stories that I'm encouraged. And I can say, you know what, I can take one more step. You know what, I can face another day. You know what? I, I couldn't go to sleep. I, I stayed up till three in the morning because I was so scared that uh, the next day is going to roll around, which is very illogical because the next day is still going to come. But I can't rest. I can't sleep because there's no peace within me. But each season, each time, I'm encouraged by other people. Let's not hold our stories. Don't hold it to yourself. Musicians, don't keep it to yourself. Nathan, don't keep it to yourself. Miguel, don't keep it to yourself. Gilbert, tell your story. Cynthia, tell your story. Chewy, come on, you have an amazing story. We all have a great story because God is in our lives. Because God is working in our lives. Being that, 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 that work that he began a long time ago for some of us or maybe a few weeks ago for some of us he will continue to perfect it we're not there yet church but we're getting there I will push forward I'm going to ask you to stand your story can bring people to Jesus. And if we truly love God, we will be quick to share our story. Because what God has done in my life, I want God to do in other people's lives. Because what God has brought me through, I see others going through it, and, and I want to tell them, hey, there is a hope that you can have. There is an eternal glory that can be available to you. Because this is how I came to be where I'm at.
So right now, I just want, I want to invite you. Hey, let's come up here. Let's just be grateful to God. Let's come to this altar. It doesn't matter where you're at at this moment in life. Maybe you are stuck in depression. Maybe you're thinking of giving up. Maybe you're thinking that there is no hope. Maybe some of us here are thinking, you know what? It'd be better off if I had never been born. But come on, look back and think of all the things God has given you. Look back at all the times God has been faithful. God will not stop being faithful to you now. If God was faithful yesterday, God will be faithful today.